Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Richard Byram and joining me on the line again as usual this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as you'll know, is the Yorkshire Evening Post chief rugby league writer and also contributes articles to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. And it's a big week for one of our teams, Peter, at Leeds Rhinos starting off on what they hope will be another successful road to the grand final. Yes, that's right. They play Catalan Dragons on Friday at Warrington in the second of the elimination playoffs. It starts with Warrington against Hull on Thursday night and then leads up the following um, evening. And it's a big game for Leeds, but one I think they'll go into in pretty confident mood. I haven't played Catalans with their full first team this season. The sides have only met once this year, and that was at um, the end of September, uh, three days before Leeds played Wigan in a Challenge Cup semi-final. So Leeds has basically, Leeds' entire first team were rested. And Catalans managed to win 34-6, but Leeds' youngsters played pretty well that night, and it was closer than the score suggests, and I think that will have given Leeds some confidence. Catalans are a strange sort of side. On the day, they can beat anybody, but they're equally capable of turning in a really poor performance. The two teams have been at opposite extremes, really, over the last month or so. Catalans have only played once in the past month, and Leeds have just come off the spell of six games in 20 days. So it's a question of, will Catalans be ring rusty, or will over um, overwork take its toll on, on Leeds, really? I, I think Leeds are, are probably in the better situation there. I th- I th- obviously, six games in 20 days isn't ideal, but I think you'd probably over that length of time rather be playing than not Leeds are going to have some key players back we hope at the time we're recording this we've not heard from their latest round of coronavirus testing but all being well if they get through that they're going to get four players who've been self-isolating back Alex Mellor suspended which is a bit of a blow and they'll be without Richard Agar and Jamie Jones Buchanan coach and um, assistant coach who are both self-isolating after a member of the coaching staff tested positive having said that Sean Long's come in this week he was due to join them um, next year but with Richard Agar being out of it and um, and Jamie Jones he's been drafted in early and and don't think that's going to have um, too much of a detrimental effect on Leeds, the fact that they're without their head coach. I think they're, I think they're due a good performance, Leeds. I think having had a week's rest, they're going to be fresh. They're going to have most of the key players back. And I can see Leeds uh, putting in a strong effort and, and winning this one on Friday. That said, if Catalans play well, it will be a tough game for them but I think he's got all the makings of a, a cracking um, cracking elimination tie really and one of those that is very difficult to predict Leeds are going to have to do it the hard way if, they, um, if they're going to go all the way this year they've done it from fifth before under different circumstances of course but if they win on Friday they'll be away to either Wigan or St Helens in the semi-final that's obviously going to be tough and then the um, grand final at the end of the month at Hall's KCOM Stadium, but three games, three wins, and they're the champions. I think they'll fancy it, as I suspect will the other 
five teams as well. It's a, it's a really intriguing playoff series. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I. I think, uh, as we discussed last week, they decided to cut the season short in order that teams could prepare for a decent end-of-season playoff series. And I think they're both intriguing games. And you mentioned there about Catalan and which Catalan will turn up. Uh, they haven't played, obviously, as many games as the other teams in the competition. And as you say, sometimes they've, they've blown hot and cold or they've had not gimme wins, but like when they played Leeds the last time and they only had a young side out. And I, I just fancy Leeds. You know, they've, they've shown the cup pedigree, obviously, already once this year by winning the Challenge Cup. And uh, although six games in 20 days is not ideal for anyone, at the same time, they'll have built some confidence from that. And uh, obviously, more battle-hardened. And I just think Leeds' pedigree down down the years, although obviously a different side from the grand, grand final winning days, uh, will have a bit too much for Catalans. And in, in the game the night before, I think as well, that's, that, that's a funny one because Warrington and Hull, again, are two teams who... Every year you think maybe one of those teams is it their year to win the grand final and every year they, they kind of flatter to deceive and I think, again, that it's a really tough one to call is that because, you know, one of the teams might not turn up and you could you could see out a blowout situation but it's hard to say which way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that Hull have certainly come into better form, haven't they, in recent weeks under their caretaker coach, Andy Last. You know, I think I've read the other day they've won four out of five or something since they've suffered a heavy defeat against uh, Warrington at the start of September. And Gareth Ellis was saying in his column for the Yorkshire Post that, you know, that everyone in the camp was determined to take the most, of, uh, make the most of this unexpected shot they'd got at the playoffs when they expanded the number of teams from four to six. Uh, so obviously confidence is high for Hull. You know, they've, they've had some... Good wins, I say. Andy seems to be getting his message through at last, and Gareth obviously himself will be hoping to, you know, end his very illustrious career on a high by getting Hull as far as he can. So, as you say, two two really good games. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them both, and uh, you fancy Leeds definitely in the first, in the second one. Sorry, uh, Warrington and Hull. I wouldn't like to call. Mm, I'd tip Warrington in that one. But yeah, it is, it is difficult to predict that one. I th I th Hull, when they get it right, can be a good team. But with, they're so inconsistent. Even in games, you're never quite sure yeah. whether the second half is going to match the first half. It, they're a frustrating team to watch at times. If they get it together, they're very capable of, of going all the way, I think. Having said that, you'd think Warrington are maybe going to be a little bit too strong. I don't think home advantage is going to count for no. very much no. and with no crowd. I think the RFL or Super League um, will be relieved if, if Hull don't win, though, to be honest, because <laughs> I don't think they'd want Hull to be in the grand final if it was being staged at KCOM Stadium. Uh, I think that would cause a few a few problems. I'm not sure it would make that much difference on the day, to be honest. Um, I don't think there is home advantage when there's no crowd in the stadium, but ideally, obviously, they'd like it to be a, a neutral venue. I think one of the reasons Headingley wasn't chosen 
is that Leeds are, Leeds are in contention for it. Um, so it would solve a problem if Hull were to um, were to lose. That said, yes, like you say, it's a tough it's a tough one to call. But I I do fancy Warrington, and I think Warrington could go all the way this year again. I think they're going to win the t- the title eventually. They've poured <laughs> so many resources into it. It's going to be their year. Um, as the saying goes, at some stage, it'd be almost ironic if they were to do it in front of an empty um, empty stadium. I don't think anyone at Warrington would care too much. We saw how much winning the Challenge Cup meant to Leeds Rhinos just last month, and that was played in behind closed doors. But yeah, I think you can actually make a case for, um, for all six of the teams involved. And that's what you want, isn't it? There's no point having lame duck yeah. teams. Yeah. in the playoffs and I, th- I think the fact that the competition has been expanded in terms of its top six now rather than top four but the regular season was brought to an early end will improve the standard but talking to Richard Agar the Leeds coach earlier and he was saying it would have been very difficult for Leeds to get back up if they had to play two more matches after the pack schedule they've already had I think they've the competition organisers have gone for quality rather than quantity this time in terms of um, how many games we're going to get at the end of the season, and, and I think that's the right approach. Yeah, they've 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 done the right thing. There was little point carrying on with with the season and dead rubber games, um, which would have been the case if if they played to the twenty matches. I mean, Castellan would have found it difficult to reach. 15 games to qualify and I don't think it would have been fair for them to miss out equally it would have been tough on um, on Leeds in fifth if they'd missed out to a Catalan team who'd only played 13 games so this is a, a fair way of doing it and I, I think it's going to produce an interesting um, an interesting series Yes you, you mentioned there about Richard Edgar and Jamie Jones having uh, or self-isolating mm. due to the Covid issue which is Obviously, still affecting the game, and uh, the RFL of our Super League have put Huddersfield Giants on standby, haven't they? In case anybody gets to a situation where they weren't able to fulfil a fixture, a bit like Castleford and Hull KR did the other week. Um, so let's hope that that stays away. I would imagine that Rich and Jamie will be all tacked up, won't they, with the Zoom and everything to keep in touch with the guys both before and, and no doubt during the game and after it as well. So I don't think. Yeah, that's. Sorry, Richard. No, no, that's okay. I think I think I think I don't think there'll be too much of a problem. Obviously, their presence will be missed, but at least they'll still be able to get their message over. Well, we spoke to um, Richard Agar about that in a press conference this afternoon, and and details of how he's going to handle things will are on our website, um, yorkshireunionpost.co.uk. So have a read of that, and you'll see what. Yeah. What the plan is. Um, Richard Agar's quite confident it won't be a problem. He's spoken to each player individually about team selection and what's expected of them this week. He's got Sean Long, who's come in as a bit early as his assistant coach, to work alongside James Webster. He's confident that they can handle anything as necessary. Um, he's watched training through the week and... Um, 
he'll be in touch during the game via a, a open phone line. And he's hoping to watch it, but he's a, he's actually just moved house, and as we speak, he's not got his broadband, um, his Wi-Fi, or his Sky connected. So he's got uh, he's got those booked in to be set up before Friday. So I'm not quite sure what he'll do if they don't work. Um, but he's he's hopeful that that all that will be sorted out. Now I don't think it's going to be a massive problem. To be honest, he has got uh, good people around him. And he will be in touch during the game, so I, I don't think it'll it'll make too much um, too much difference at this stage of the season. Everybody knows what what's needed and what's expected yeah. of them, so um, I think it'll be uh, it'll be fine. He's obviously not the only coach that this has affected. Tony Smith was in a similar position. That whole car. It's just one of those extra challenges that clubs are having to deal with at the moment. And just. Well, we're on the subject of Leeds. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the appointment of Sean Long. Uh, that was a, well, I think a great appointment for Leeds, but a bit out of left field in terms of no real connection with Yorkshire clubs or, or Leeds Rhinos. Not that you have to, but uh, you know, to to bring in somebody of Sean's quality into the group, I think is is a great move. And obviously, the backs in particular, Luke Gale, uh, the halves will surely benefit from a. Guy of Sean Long's experience and rugby intelligence, and um, you know, really interesting appointment, and I'd be interested to see how they go with uh, Sean's influence on the team. I think he he'd come in had he at the start of the season and spoken to the players about a few things and in a kind of unofficial capacity, and uh, was pleased with the the reaction and the way they reacted to him. So I think that's a good appointment for Leeds, uh, obviously. Sean won everything I think you can win during the game and obviously capped as an international as well. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how he puts his mark on Leeds as well next season. Yeah, it's funny you should, you should say that. I'm actually just, just um, broken off from writing a story about that for the Yorkshire Post um, to, to do this podcast. And there's some quotes in that from... Richard Agar about him who says he's got a, a superb rugby brain um, and he's up there with anyone he's ever met in terms of um, rugby knowledge. Uh, he says, um, I've worked in the game a long time and with some of what I'd consider the best brains in rugby league and Sean's rugby knowledge and detail about the sport is quite phenomenal. So yeah. Rich Agar rates him highly. Rich coached him at Hull for a while. And he does oh, have the option yes, predictions, yeah. and he played for Hull. He also, which people maybe don't remember, but he also had a spell as coach, effectively, at um, Featherstone Rovers a, a few years ago. So he's been around the Yorkshire scene. He came in in pre-season and did some stuff with Leeds as halfbacks. And um, he was very highly rated by the players and the other coaching staff. And I think he'll bring an added dimension to them. Yeah, he's obviously he's a he knows all there is to know about the um, the playoffs between Jamie Jones Buchanan and Sean Long. There's an awful lot of grand final winning experience there, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and I think he'll be good good for the club. Obviously, have to wait and see how it how it pans out. But certainly, Richard Agar's got a high rating on him. The players I've spoken to do as well, and I think he, he's going to be good for. The experienced halves as well, people like um, 
Rob Louie and, and Luke Gale and, and Richie Myler, but particularly you would have thought Callum McClellan, the young 21-year-old halfback. Yeah. I think if, if he can take something from um, from Sean Long, then that's certainly going to be good for Leeds in the future. So it's a, it's a positive mood, move. I think it's a shame that James Webster, from a Leeds point of view, is moving on. He's done a very good job as assistant coach this year. He's going back to his full-time role with Featherston next season. The problem is that because we're we're still going to have COVID hanging over us next season, we think, although the news about a possible vaccine is, is obviously promising, but players aren't going to be allowed to swap between camps on dual registration. Right. So it makes sense that coaches don't do that either. Um, at the moment, or in normal circumstances, James Webster would work with Leeds during the day and, and train Featherston at night, but obviously that's not possible with COVID. Um, so he's going back to concentrate full time on his Featherston role, and Sean Long will be taking over um, over at Leeds, working with their attack. Um, speaking of which, Featherston are, are clearly hoping that they might be playing Leeds in the league next season. We're looking for a 12th club. Yes. The Super League clubs made the what I thought was quite a surprising decision to go with 12 next season, having booted uh, having booted Toronto Wolfpack into the long grass. Um, it's going to be difficult picking the 12th team. Um, they've just today announced a qualification mark, which is that teams have to have been in Super League, so that includes London Broncos or Widnes Vikings, or finished in the top six of the championship in either of the last two seasons. So Featherston, Halifax, York, Bradford Bulls all qualify along with Toulouse and Lee. Um, tough decision to make for somebody there. I've no idea how they're going to um, going to pick one club out of um, out of that lot. You you'd think Toulouse have obviously attraction as a second French club but would you promote another French side during a pandemic I think York are an interesting proposition um, got a superb new stadium and done very well over the last couple of seasons in a club that are really making progress um, it would be good to see London Broncos back after they made a, a, quite a decent stab at Super League last season yeah. relegated with a record points tally on um points difference um, from a performance point of view I think Featherston would straight state their case very strongly as well so um, it's a big decision to be made and um, I've no idea which way they're going to go I think it's interesting that they've made it top six in the championship um, Bradford Bulls would not have qualified other than they finished sixth last season so I don't know whether that tells you anything but um they, as a big city club, have some attraction as well. I think it's probably a little bit too early to promote Bradford, given what's happened at the Bulls over the last few years. Yeah. But so it, it's going to be really interesting to see what they decide. And the um, deadline for that, for making decision at the moment, is December the 16th, which is going to go of a club three months 
to get ready for the next season, which isn't a lot. They're also going to have to cope with less central funding than their rivals get, which I think is a bit ridiculous. If you're going to bring a club up, I think you should let them compete on a level playing field. Yes, It's going to be very difficult for any club to survive on less money than, than all their rivals. I mean, surely it would have been better to go with 11 Super League clubs next year and, and promote the 2021 Championship winners on on equal terms, but they've decided not to do that. Um, I think whoever comes up is going to find it very difficult to survive. But um, I'm just fascinated to see who they choose and who they decide can bring more to the competition than Toronto would have done. Yes. Yeah, it is intriguing. I mean, I think we touched on it last week, saying that... Uh, some of the clubs really in the in the top flight now. It's hard for them really to sit in judgment on any of the clubs that are hoping to come and join them. Uh, there'll be some people stood with some very large boulders in very big glass houses, I think, um, <laughs> as they sit there uh, deciding. I mean, as you say, you can kind of do as you've just done a, a far and against for all the clubs coming up are wanting to come up and, and, and again, probably most of the clubs in the top flight as well, you could you could find a reason why they should be there and another one why they shouldn't be, or, or plenty of both, in fact. Uh, and as you say, um, obviously Featherstone have, have built strongly as a local club from round here. They've, they've got good improvements to the ground and the team seems to improve year on year and they invest in the team and the club and, and seem very ambitious. Uh, another French club, you know, maybe the throw one expansion club out and then bring another one in instead. Uh, again, though that brings its problems with no away fans and so on, and you know, desperate for revenue of more than ever rugby league clubs at the moment, as we know. Bradford, as you say, I think is probably too soon uh, as uh, as it stands at the moment. I believe they're still playing out of Dewsbury, aren't they? And they haven't got their own ground sorted and. Given Bradford's recent financial problems, I think you'd want to see them have a few more years of financial stability and growing the team before they came back in the top flight. London, uh, we touched on last week, good uh, coaching set up there with two of our local guys, uh, Danny Smith and Jamie Longley. Um, and I say they were very unlucky really to go down last year, weren't they? Um, Danny Ward. Uh, Danny Ward, sorry, apologies, Danny Ward. Um, you know, they were... They did really well and, and, and almost held their own again again you know, against the odds really, because whoever comes up doesn't get much chance once the playoff game is won, did they? You know, they had to quickly build a squad and persuade people to move down there and so on. Uh but I think if I was to pick one just from a point of view of seeing exactly how the guy go with York, um again it seem an, an ambitious and progressive club who seem to mixed experience with some decent young players and obviously a very highly rated coach in James Ford and, and the new ground as well. And York has been a breeding ground, both amateur and professional, hasn't it, over the years? You'd know better than me, Peter. But, you know, I just think it'd be an interesting one to see how York would go because they've kind of built progressively, but they've built well and they've built strongly and each season seems to bring a bit more improvement from them. And you just wonder if they got a a shot at the top flight, again, probably could hold their own and certainly wouldn't be as hard for them to attract uh, players kind of living on the fringes of the... or being based on the fringes of the heartlands as, you know, Hull and West Yorkshire and 
even Lancashire players, you know, it's not that far for them to go to. So I, I, I'd like to see York, you know, I think that would be a, an interesting move if they were going to, to bring somebody in. Uh, as I've said many times in the past, I couldn't see a situation where they'd only have 11 teams in personally. Um, so if York come in, you know, that would be good to see a new venue for people to visit and good new ground when they eventually get into it. Of course, they've had a few issues trying to get into the new ground. I don't think it's still open yet, is it? No, it's not. No. So, you know, that would, that would be my just choice if I was picking picking one out of the air. I'd, I'd like to see your cover go. No, mm, yeah, I think that would be, be a an exciting choice. Yes, but um, we'll have to wait and see for yeah. another month or so anyway. Yep, and, and as he's, I think whoever gets picked is up against it straight away and they're probably not going to be very popular with those who miss out. Halifax was the other one. Uh, you know, I covered Halifax back in their Super League mm. days as a freelancer and obviously they have a passionate, hardcore of fans, but I think it's fair to say they lost quite a few to Bradford Bulls in the days when the Bulls were the, the team to follow. Um, but... You know, again, the Shea's quite a decent little ground now and, um, again, an established historic rugby league name, but maybe, again, would Halifax have the money to have a go? I, I don't really know. I don't know enough about the club, uh, but maybe they would have to spend a couple more years in the Championship before they could contemplate coming back up too. Mm, yes, I, I can't see what Halifax offer that above what any of the other yeah. clubs offer. Really, I mean, it'd be good to see them back at some stage, but I'm not sure it, it's going to be this time. No, um, they've surely got to look for a, a club that has a a unique selling point, um, and I'm not sure Halifax has really. Um, so yeah, Dad, I think it might it could well come down to your Toulouse or um, or London. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, for the reasons we've just outlined, obviously. Yeah. And just moving on then, Peter, a bit of shock news off the field this week. Um, we mentioned earlier that Huddersfield Giants were on standby in case any of the playoff clubs uh, are affected by COVID in the next couple of weeks. And it, it looks like Ian Watson, the Salford Red Devils coach, may be going there. Um, I say looks like because knowing our look we'll record this programme here on Tuesday tea time and later this evening you'll ring me and tell me he's got the job or something but uh, for now it's 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 still a bit rumour and conjecture isn't it but it looks it looks sure that Ian is going to join Huddersfield which is an interesting move for them um, obviously a blow for Salford so soon after getting to the cup final obviously took him to the, the grand final last season too mm. Yeah, it, it's not the most obvious of moves, is it? You'd think he'd be looking to to move up to a top four club, really, given or potential top four club, given the success he's had, relative success at Salford yeah. last couple of years. And it is success when you, you consider that they've been in both the last two major finals. He's done a remarkable job on limited resources, Huddersfield, you'd say, are they'd regard themselves as a, as a bigger club. They've certainly got more money to spend through their um, their rich backer Ken Dave, who's ploughed millions into the club 
over the years. They've got a decent youth set up. Some good academy players come through there. Um, Andy Kelly behind the scenes has done a fantastic job there. Yeah. Um, whether they can consistently challenge the top clubs, I'm I'm not so sure that they don't have a great support base, do they? Though that as I mentioned, they have a, a backer who's prepared to, to put me money in and spend on the team. Um, I'd quite like to have seen um, Ian Watson maybe move on to a, a Wigan or a Saints or a, a club like that or you know, Leeds if, if and when their vacancy comes comes up again. But it's certainly a challenge for him and the the test for a coach is always whether he can do it out more than one club, isn't it? Yes. Um, I don't see any reason why he can't. I think he's a good coach. Everyone in the game speaks highly of him, and it'll be interesting to um, to see how he uh, to see how he goes. I'd also, who will get the Salford job? I think um, Richard Marshall might be a contender there, the former Halifax coach, who's now on the backroom staff at, um, at Saints, and also Hull was strongly linked with. Um, with Ian Watson, the rumours I've heard are that they were keen on him and he was interested, but wouldn't have been able to take his um, his own backroom staff there, and he was keen to work with some people from Salford. Right. Um, so they are still looking for a coach. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what what develops on the sort of the coaching merry-go-round over the um, over the end of season. But it's always good to see young British coaches given a chance. So it's good to see that that um, Huddersfield are are investing, if it is indeed them, in a in a British coach. Um, Richard Marshall's highly rated as well. So good to see him take a, a head coach role and we'll have to see what happens at um, at Hull. Brett Hodgson is the, the rumour that is being talked about in East Yorkshire. Um, but yeah, that's sort of going to be a quarter of the competition having a, a different coach next season at least. So that'll make, make things a little bit more interesting when the, the 2021 competition starts. Yeah, certainly. Um, when the news came through about Ian last night, I think it was a bit of a shock. Um, partly because he'd having turned down Hull, um, he suggested at the time, didn't he, that he could he didn't really want to uproot his family. Um, I think his children had some key exams coming up or something, and he didn't want to make the move over to Hull. But obviously, Huddersfield is more suitable for him. No doubt, he's based around the Manchester area, so it's a quick hop across on the M62, and maybe he's looked and thought with you know the guys in the top four, their jobs are all fairly. Secure. I think there was talk this week that Adrian Lamb's going to sign a new deal and Wigan and Christian Wolf, and obviously still securing his job and Warrington's um, Steve Price, isn't it? Warrington. Yeah. So maybe he's thought, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get in. So if, if I step up another level to Huddersfield, because he mentioned also that he'd like to work in the NRL one day. So maybe he's thinking he could... Uh, do well at Huddersfield and maybe get an assistant sort of first team job down under for a few years and then maybe come back. You could certainly see him at Wigan or Saints one day. 
Um, so, you know, as you say, fair play to Huddersfield as well. They, they've Over the years, they seem to have gone more for the Australian coach in recent years, don't they? And they've obviously decided to look back at a, an English model again. And as you say, they have got some good young players coming through. Andy has done a great job there, the former Wakefield player and coach. Um, and, you know, it, it's nicely set up for someone to come in and, you know, I would imagine Luke Robinson will stay on the staff as well. So another young English coach learning there off, off a bit more experienced guy as well. Uh, so I think a good move all round. Um, as you say, in terms of size of the club, yeah, Huddersfield and more money, but really in the last couple of years, Ian's done more with Salford, hasn't he, than Huddersfield have done for themselves. So, you know, he'll know about looking to make his mark there and, and try and get some salt. Silverware to Huddersfield for Ken Davy, who, as you say, has been a brilliant supporter of both rugby league and football in the town over the years, rugby league in particular, obviously. Um, it would be nice to see him get some kind of reward. Mm, absolutely, yeah. OK, then, Peter, well, I think we'll call it a draw there for this week. No doubt we'll find out soon where Ian's going and maybe come back to that again next week. And hopefully, too, from our point of view, uh, the Rhinos can go on and beat Catalans and take another step closer to that grand final. Uh, but for now, really, just to say thank you again for your time and comments. You can get the very latest news and coronavirus news and sport at yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk or Peter's own Twitter feed at PetersmithYEP or my own at Richard Byron YEP or at YEP Sports. Desk. plenty of ways to keep in touch with us and to get hold of the programme too. So we'll call it a draw there, Peter, and I'll catch up again with you soon.